0: Hello, and welcome to Meet the Education Researcher. This is a podcast from the Faculty of Education, Monash University in Melbourne, Australia. Hello, my name's Neil Selwyn, and in this episode of Meet the Education Researcher, I'm talking with Simone Ehrenfeld from Cambridge University. Now, Simone is an education activist, a writer, and a recent Enfield graduate from Cambridge's Faculty of Education. She's part of a new generation of education researcher entering academia in the 2020s and is involved in a number of really creative efforts to reimagine the nature and form of university work. In this conversation, we talk about Cambridge's innovative post-pandemic university initiative. But first, I was interested in hearing about Simone's recent Quarren Chat project, a podcast series that went on to form the basis of her lockdown MPhil thesis. So Simone started off by telling me what she was hoping to research at the beginning of 2020 and then the very different pathway that she subsequently found herself taking.
1: Um, I was initially focusing on refugee education, and I was planning to go to Uganda to a refugee camp where I had connections and had been working before. So I wanted to return there to have a look at how Um, There was different non-formal entrepreneurship education led by refugees themselves that were coming up. And I was going to do a project around this. Um, But then COVID obviously came in and interfered with everything. So what happened next is that I had to quickly readapt because I could no longer go to Uganda. Um, And I figured, okay, what am I going to do now? I could still do like a a theoretical literature-based project, but I wasn't feeling, um, that didn't really excite me. And at at the beginning of the lockdown and the whole pandemic, there was almost no headspace for me to think about anything else but the pandemic. I just wanted to do something connected to the pandemic to have a, a think what does it mean to be studying education what does this mean for our entire sector for me as a student what is my role and how can i contribute to ways of understanding what's going on and this is when i started um, switching my topic and i started a podcast um, called cambridge Chats and with the podcast i started inviting Uh, students, academics, uh, faculty members, but also um, like maintenance staff, for instance, like college porters at Cambridge to get a very wide collection of perspectives on what this uh, pandemic is doing and how, um, how we might start to think about education moving forward into the future. How might the pandemic change? and um what can we do to contribute to change in positive ways
0: and i love this idea of looking for humanity as well um as well as talking about work talking about the humanity of being an an education researcher so i mean you've interviewed everyone from phd students to professors i mean what did you actually manage to find amongst the people that you interviewed
1: oh so many and and it's so diverse right um people fear that they lose education as a humanizing experience when we only move to online spaces and we start to exist only in a virtual kind of reality on platforms and not in real life anymore in the real world as people say um we we lose something that makes us human and what makes us human, that's an ancient philosophical question that obviously I'm, I've not been able to answer in my research. I haven't even tried to. But I, I think what's really important is um, is a sense of community and it's a sense of living in the real world in a physical, embodied way. And how can we um, maintain that in education as we f- we're facing the challenges that we currently are doing? So what people fear is that we... We, we become part of only this virtual reality. Education becomes more commodified, more marketized. Um, it becomes more exclusive. The hope, uh, you know, the flip side of that is that people hope that this um, pandemic will actually lead to... A a confirmation again that indeed education shouldn't only be about, it shouldn't only be a business. It's in a way also perhaps a humanitarian undertaking. And education is there because we want it uh, to serve us to build more equitable and just societies. So I think in this very moment, my biggest hope would be that this is um, starting. These conversations, because oftentimes we lose track of the big questions in education, such as what is education for? What what is what is the purpose that it ultimately serves? Um, I we didn't in my course we didn't really talk about those very basic questions, and perhaps even as a student you might be almost a bit shy to ask them because they're so big and all-encompassing. But I do think that they are very important to return to every so often. And I hope that this is definitely one of those occasions that we can do so.
0: I mean, moving on from the podcast project to a wider thing that you're involved in, I mean, with a bunch of colleagues uh, at Cambridge, you're involved in this post-pandemic university initiative. I mean, what's this program of work trying to achieve?
1: Yeah, the Post-Pandemic University is, uh, it's an online magazine and a podcast, and it's a conference series. And we've had uh, our first conference quite recently. Um, this is a um, an initiative that's based at the education faculty at Cambridge University. It's um, organized uh, predominantly by Mark Carrigan. And it is a collective of researchers that is continually expanding. It's already over 50 institutions around the world that are participating, um, where we're thinking about how can we reimagine uh, the post-pandemic university, the post-COVID university. And it's been a very um, experimental platform in the sense that, for instance, the conferences that we've done, they're, they're flipped formats. Um, and they're there we're seeing it as as a live experiment so testing new ideas thinking about how can academics collaborate in this post-pandemic university Uh, we're going to have to create new kinds of spaces Um, also kinds of spaces that keep up with the the pace of the developments of COVID-19 because usually um, the whole trajectory of publishing in academic journals is quite slow but in some uh, times we need to act more uh, we need to act faster so the post-pandemic university uh, is posting a lot of very new research insights in a much faster pace and really trying to spur the conversation amongst colleagues uh, from different institutions
0: across the world. So I mean I've noticed that there's been a kind of push back towards more DIY, do-it-yourself methods. I mean, arise as you say, of unconferences, of zines, of all sorts of things. There's a kind of spirit that people are trying to kind of do it for themselves, which is really interesting.
1: Yeah, I think it's um, it's part of, you know, in times of crisis, we need to be creative. And this is literally one of those initiatives that's really creative and it's trying to rethink how we do this thing called academic work and how we collaborate amongst ourselves in a time of crisis. So it's really exciting to be part of this. Um, and I think it's really promising because we've had so much um, engagement, uh, not just on the conference, during the conference itself, but also afterwards. Um, that's, it's been really, really great to be part of that.
0: And so you say it's promising. I mean, what do you hope the longer term promise is? If we're trying to reimagine the university along different lines, as you said, more communal lines, more improvised lines, I mean, where would you hope this is all leading?
1: Yeah, so with the post pandemic university platform, we would hope that academics can come together and start piecing together this new um, idea for what a post COVID university might look like. Um, and I think you need platforms such as this one in order to do so, um, and come together in new ways. So the aim is really to, to also make this knowledge, again, accessible to a larger audience, to present it in a way that is um, not just to a very expert audience, but it's it's wider so we're bridging really the gap between academia and other parts of society which we don't do enough yet so that's very important as well.
0: But I mean changing the culture of higher education is really really difficult changing the culture of Cambridge University <laughs> as a higher education institute so I mean you're taking on it's a hell of a task to be taking on.
1: Yeah I mean it is but you know even though it is a big task it doesn't mean that we we shouldn't do so and I think um, there have been more and more initiatives that really do show that it is possible to change an academic culture from the inside out. And um, so I have only felt very encouraged, to be honest, that we, we do have this agency again. And yes, Cambridge University is quite a challenging environment to do so. But at the same time, um, universities... To some extent, they do have to change because if you don't, you're not going to survive. And we've seen this all over again. So as we are in this moment of change, it's really important for us as academics who are inhabiting the space of the university to stand up and to be a part of this change and to shape it in ways that we want to. Um, it's, It's all we can. And I think we have a responsibility to do so is to really undertake action and to not just talk about it, but to really undertake action by creating such new spaces and platforms for exchange to occur.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now I wanted to ask you a couple of questions, uh, kind of more personal questions. I mean, you're at the beginning of your career, you could do heaps of things. So why work in a university? I mean, despite it all, what is it about university and university research that's drawing you in to actually want to stay working there?
1: There are a lot of pros that really, um, appeal to me which is, for instance, to be in a very stimulating environment where you have all your colleagues that are working on different uh, research. And it's just, if you're a curious person, that's really great. And I am that. So I, I thrive in, in, in communities like that. Again, this is the importance of acad- academia and, and the idea of community is so important. So we have to really fight for that in the post-pandemic university. Um, what appeals to me in academia as well is... Um, when you work at a university, there's so many different things you can do. It's not just your own research, you're also teaching, you might be supervising individual students, you're, you can do collaborations with your colleagues, um, you can be part of editorial boards of journals, you can host conferences, there's so many different things that you can do and that really excites me. Um, so there's always something different. Um And then I really, what I like about universities is that there's a lot of international mobility. So once you have your PhD, you can do a postdoc anywhere in the world. And um, I like that a lot because I'm drawn to that international environment.
0: So I guess, yeah, on the flip side, I mean, what is it about working as a university researcher that would actually put you off or put many people off in your position? I mean, stuff that you can see needs to change.
1: Obviously, there's a lot of issues in academia that I have seen um, increasingly from up close uh, just by being a student and seeing you know the, the, the workload of academia of academics is so, so high. Um, I've definitely seen that, you know, my own teachers um, have been so, so busy and overworked. So I think that's pretty intense. I've also noticed that there is so much unpaid labor um, that you have to do, such as, you know, I've started only thinking about these things now, like publishing my my master research. Um, it's so much work that goes into that, even just selecting which which uh, journal you go into, the whole peer reviewing, I've started doing that, it's all unpaid. Um, but you have to do those things or otherwise, I mean, your academic career is based on how much you publish and how often you get cited. Um, so I think that is quite tough. Um, I remember when I was still in high school, we had this sort of program where you could do some kind of career orientation. And I went to, um, to see this, uh, this scientist that was working at a university, and I got to, to spend a day with him at a Dutch university. And I remember this day really put me off of academia. I thought, okay, I don't wanna do this at all because we went to his office, which was a tiny, tiny space. There was not even a window, I think. And I was like, wow, this is your office, and this is where you spend so much time. Oftentimes, the offices of academics are quite small (laughs) and then he was i remember sitting there and he was showing me on his computer uh, look this is how many times i got cited and this is how many publications i've got do you see my score it's so much higher than other academics and i was really put off by it and um obviously this is an extreme case and there's so many people that are not like that but i also know that you know Building up this career is so much about that prestige that comes with how much you publish and how how much you get cited. And this constant urge to rank things, you know, from universities to academics and how influential you are in journals, everything is ranked. So this, you know, makes you immediately feel quite anxious and I think it, it's so much intertwined with this capitalist mindset and productivity, where it's quantity over quality, and where there's so much competition. Um, and that doesn't benefit the, the purpose of research, I think, and of creation of knowledge, which is to share, you know, when this becomes a driver of building that career in this very competitive way, rather than creating knowledge and sharing the knowledge and collaborating in ways that really benefit the outcome rather than your individual career I think that's a major challenge because academic culture is like that so how do you hold on how do you push back against that
0: yeah yeah that's a really good note to end on from ten thousand miles away it's been fantastic speaking to you thanks ever so much for taking the time and I wish you all the luck in your future endeavors (laughs)
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was great. Thank you.